even in a, an adversarial process such as litigation is there are situations where cross-examination is permitted to take place after the witness has had sight of the full version of the other side. That's what emerges from that. Yes. And the question then that I put to you is, if that is acceptable in an adversarial scenario, why should it be unacceptable in an inquisitorial scenario such as the one we have in the Commission? But it is the exception rather than the rule. Why is it the exception rather than the rule? Because the best mechanism for testing the veracity and reliability of a witness is the trial situation. That's the first part of the answer to your question. The second part of your answer is this. You are the pursuer of truth incarnate. You should choose the most effective mechanism by which you get to the truth. Now the precognition consequence of the opposed motion referred to evidence example that you give is a second class method. It blunts cross-examination. It has the potential for the imagination of the witness to embellish, to disembellish, to change stance, to change emphasis, and to serve you less well. Now, I assure you, for the most part, I hope for the whole part, there would be competent cross-examiners before you who would not dilly-dally uh, and, and ask questions like baby counsel might do just for the sake of being a rabbit in headlights and not knowing what to ask. There will be trenchant cross-examination to the issue in question. And as you sit back in your judicial chair and consider the evidence, either post-precognition a la a post-motion referred to trial, or as you sit back in your judicial chair after watching the live cross-examination with no precognition, Notionally, the, 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 the surprise of the witness at being caught in a lie, to put it very prosaically, or the ready and quick answer to that which um, looked like a, on paper a massive problem, with the honest witness saying, oh, but you misunderstand, it's this. And you know in your judicial soul, this person didn't even know the question could be coming. I believe him. I believe her. Or, whoa, look at that. Uh, the, the blush, the turn, the hesitation, the gulp of water, all those demeanor things. The effectiveness of you observing those things firsthand with a precognition scenario versus the live, what I'm calling the live scenario, you would deprive yourself of that very benefit. And you would wonder in the rearview mirror of your decision whether you might not have best been aided without precognition. That is my answer. And what also came out of today's proceeding was a submission by Mike Hellens that his client may testify via video link if requested. Another related question is this. Uh, if they seek to give evidence via a video link, that would mean that uh, they are effectively outside the jurisdiction of 
the commission and the regulations, I think, and the act, for example, make provision for certain things, such as I may, I have the power to order a witness, I think, to answer certain questions that the witness might not have wanted to answer. They may be summoned and so on. So if they are giving evidence by way of video link, if I order them to answer certain questions, what can I, what can I do if they say we refuse? Well, your coercive powers um, for someone within the jurisdiction would be absent. But it would bode very badly for them in terms of the subject matter of your terms of reference if, and I presume it would be on a matter of crucial importance or substantial importance or even of importance to your determination of the truth, if they declined to answer a particular question, the complete inference would be that uh, their declining to answer that question means they can't answer the question in a way which was anything else but incriminating on a topic under the terms of reference. So you would be aided in your pursuit of the truth by the inference that you draw that they won't answer questions on crucial issues and that inference would be drawn against them. But why should I expose the Commission to that situation where it can be told do whatever you like, I'm not answering that question. Well, imagine the, the witness in uh, the, uh, the country. You might exercise such powers of compulsion or, or if you go so far as contempt of the commission and an arrest, but you would still be not getting an answer and the same conclusion would be drawn. Advocate Helens also added that his client is reluctant to come back to the country for fear of being arrested. Uh, Is it your submission that your clients have a lawful reason not to come back to South Africa? And if so, what are the grounds for saying they have a lawful reason? They have, I'm instructed to put before you, that they have a reasonable apprehension that the um, South African police in the form of the Hawks with their powers of um, arrest uh, and, and, and investigation coupled with the National Prosecuting Authority's power to decide to arrest uh, has been demonstrably um, recklessly wielded against their companies and against individuals that represented the companies, and they have no confidence that the same would not happen to them. That is their justification. Thank you. Then I have filed um, very briefly with your leave supplementary written submissions, which I won't go through, uh, but I'd ask you to address yourself too. Um, Just on the question of fugitive from justice, it's in paragraph 10 of my supplementary heads. Um, uh, First of all, 10.1, it's a point I've already made. Um, uh, He shows the correspondence with the South African police where they they don't give any clarity as to whether there's a warrant or not. 